Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. Hello, I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got my regular host, Matthew Aguilar, Janelle Wheeler, and Connor Casey, and we wanted to get to a special Thanksgiving holiday episode cooked up by Matthew Aguilar himself over there, buddy. Yahoo! So, <laughs> today, we are getting in the spirit of the holiday, not just the eating part, uh, but also the spirit of what we are thankful for. Uh, 2023 has been a wild year for us on this show. Um, Comic Book Nation, we've had a crazy kind of pivotal year. We exploded. We started growing. We've covered more. We've done more. We've worked ourselves to the bone. But along the way, we've also had some really great experiences this year. And we thought this would be a good time for each of us to pull back, reflect, actuate, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and tell you guys what it was in geek culture that we are most thankful for in 2023 as we enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. So as you know, when this show, we do it all. We, we watch movies, we do TV, anime, sci-fi. We love tabletop games, video games. Some of us are wrestlers and some of us are streamers. And so like we do a lot here. And so we let everybody kind of cook and every person picked three moments of geek culture this year that they are most thankful to have experienced and we're all gonna we're gonna go through them together and we're gonna tell you guys why so this might be the most uplifting episode of this show that we ever do (laughs) let's try it out and see if the positivity can we can get to the end with a positivity uh just quick program note if you're listening to this and you're trying to do stuff over the holidays subscribe to comic book nation on your favorite podcast platforms and to our youtube page because we got loads of extra content that's also coming along. We have a Hunger Games movie review episode. We have the poll list, which is our weekly kind of comic spotlight about comic books. We have an interview with a major DC writer, and we have recap episodes for Invincible, and you want to listen to the one for this crazy midseason finale. All right, that's my spiel. Let's get into it, guys. What are we most thankful for this year? Matthew Aguilar, this was your concept. And so, buddy, you get to cook first. Woo-hoo! You get to eat first. You get to serve yourself first at the table. Yeah. So as you can can see here, uh, there's a running theme amongst my picks is that uh, I we do this for a living. And it's an amazing thing. And, and, I'm, and I'm blessed to be in, the, in this field and be able to cover some of these things that I love. But like anything, it can, you know, kind of uh, the speediness of of needing to cover everything and. Uh, diving into things that you used to do just because you loved them and that's where you like spending time and turning that into a career can sometimes kind of um, dilute those things for you and rob you of some of the just initial joy that you have when you watch them or you play them or whatever. 
And so there were a couple of things this year that like really brought me back to why I love these various franchises and why I love. And one of them was Transformers uh, Rise of the Beast. I I made it a point like this was a movie I legit wanted to see since it was announced. These are characters I adore and from, you know, for a long, long time. So seeing them on the big screen represented so well, uh, seeing human characters that I cared about and loved and seeing a new angle on uh, iconic characters. This was just fun for me. And I got so I, I left that theater just like uh, in a there was just the joyful aura. Like I was just so giddy uh and then i just loved everything about this i thought they just handled it so well and it was you know what i would i would have watched this for another hour uh so i it's one of those things that very much restored what i love about transformers but also just seeing movies uh and then next up here is obviously there's going to be no surprise to anybody this list is going to be this list in general is not going to be a surprise to anybody power rangers cosmic fury uh this was a big year for the power rangers franchise this is the 30th anniversary uh there's a there was a lot going on there still is you know, more to happen, but cosmic fury is like power Rangers has been such a part of my life for so long. And so this being really what is kind of the final series in this iteration of a franchise that I've grown up with, uh, was a big deal. Uh, it was, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for multiple reasons. It was a cast that I adore and they were one of the few since mighty Morphin to get the chance to do three seasons of television. You really got to see those characters grow in a way you don't get to see a lot of the other seasons do. Uh, and also it's just, uh, it was, they brought so many callbacks from, I mean, people who watch me and Nick Valdez just nerd out about it, uh, on a video, just know like the callbacks to Zed, to Zordon, all these other things from so many series, uh, was just wonderful. It was wonderful to see. Uh, and then finally in the world of wrestling, uh, NXT, I, you know, obviously I covered this for, for comic book, but if anyone's ever in the Slack channel on Tuesday nights, it's me and Nick Valdez. It's me and Nick Valdez just uh, nerding out about wrestling, uh, getting it, it's a, there's a joy there that sometimes is missing. And, and sometimes the being on the, you know, Internet uh, wrestling community of it all can be a little uh, can kind of turn you off. Sometimes it's it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of cynicism. There's a lot of other things. And some of it is well warranted, but I don't always want to live there. And sometimes I just want to nerd out about wrestling that I enjoy. And NXT is like that perfect balance for me between like the new stars. You're seeing all this, you know, new talent that's just doing great in the ring, but also these storylines that wouldn't like a lot of other places won't do them. <laughs> it's because they're wild and ridiculous sometimes. And that's what I love. Uh, and then also you're getting established stars like, you know, Becky Lynch and uh, coming over and, and having a whole new title run. And then there's just something about every Tuesday night getting to like lose myself in that. Yes, I still cover it for work, but there's a joy that it restores every week. And I need that. Uh, it's, it's, we, we cover a lot of wrestling. I watch a ton of wrestling, uh, but there's very few that I enjoy more than just an episode of NXT between me and Nick and just having fun. It's, it just takes you back to when I was watching WCW with my dad uh, and I was just having fun and I was watching and I was invested in the characters and I just had fun. Uh, so there's there's that every week for me. And that's important. So, um, you know, I, I think all of these things balance out. And and without these things this year, it wouldn't have been as great a year. And I'm very thankful uh, to have been able to uh, be a part of these and watch these and, and all that. So hopefully 2024 brings more as well. All right, buddy. Beautiful. Thank you. 
Yeah, well said and well timed to the video. If you guys are watching this in video form, you should. We have these nice little reels of uh, footage that our producer Peter put together. Thanks, Peter. And uh, Matt just nailed that, uh, like as if it were a teleprompter. You can. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Uh, up next, Connor Casey. I know we 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 position you as the heel of the show, but uh, do some uplifting stuff. Let's let's see it. Yeah, I know I'm usually the cynical guy on here, but there was a lot to be thankful for this year. And starting off, it was just a great year to be a Spider-Man fan. We had some good eating this year. While the comics certainly may have been disappointing, see, I had to get that little negativity in there. Everything else was excellent. Across the Spider-Verse was everything I hoped it could have been. A uh, celebration of animation, a massive step forward, I think, in the genre, in the uh, in the art form, uh, and. For that to be followed up by a video game that was immediately hyped the moment the original PlayStation 4 title dropped. We had been waiting to see what Insomniac would pull off with Spider-Man 2. We were satiated a little bit with Miles Morales, but that was a holdover. We knew whatever they were going to bring next had to be something big. And I thought it absolutely delivered. They they had their own take on the Black Suit and Venom Saga. Uh, They... Threw in completely different twists with how Miles is integrated into the whole story. Craven is an excellent villain. The gameplay is just as fun as ever. The writing is excellent. Uh, the the costumes had everybody geeking out from the the stuff that's pulled right off the comic book panels to things we've never seen before. But now we really want to see whether it's on the page or in live action. You know for. For a character who's had plenty of ups and downs over the years, to have a year like this was really something special. So my first is definitely the year that was for Spider-Man. Yeah, not those comics, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. I I tried and immediately regretted it, and I'm still I'm not going back. You can't make me. I don't care that he's the that he's the <laughs> goblin now or whatever. <laughs> All right, next up, what we got here? Um, oh, yeah. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. You know, I lo- guys, you know, if you watch me on this show, you know that I love being right. So when I called my shot early in the year and said, Tears of the Kingdom is just going to be freaking game of the year contender, hands down. And the fact that it was, the fact that they expanded the original Breath of the Wild map, not just to the skies above, but to the depths below, was... And, it shocked me at every turn. I spent so many hours diving into every nook and cranny of a world that I thought I already knew pretty darn well from how long I played Breath of the Wild. It, it was just so much fun. It's made me the, these two games. I wasn't a Zelda fan growing up and the Breath of the Wild got me in. Tears of the Kingdom locked me in for life. I've started going back and playing some of the older games. I, I, I went through Skyward Sword, the one everybody tells you don't play. I played that. I loved it. I got a review about that one coming out here soon. Uh, it th- This was a blast. I'm glad that it's getting some recognition in some of the game of the year uh, conversation. Um, I have no idea where they're going to go next with this franchise. I'm stoked for the movie. But yeah, this one was in, in, in a... I did not think this year was going to be an all-timer for games. And I was proven wrong. This has been absolutely a year that people are going to look back on like 2018, like 2019, where we just go, damn, it was nonstop there for a good chunk of the year, which is banger after banger. And this one led the charge on that front. And finally, if we can, uh, if we can 
skip to my next one. Remember, some people are watching, some people aren't. Sorry, sorry. Uh, this one, this last one, <laughs> this is a little selfish, but I had to, I had to bring this up. Um, if y'all followed me, you know I've covered professional wrestling in a professional capacity since about 2015. And I never really saw myself fully getting into the business. I didn't think that would be possible. I'm I'm 5'10. I got a little bit of a build to me, but you know, it's oftentimes land of the giants, so they weren't gonna look my way. But uh, thanks to some uh, pretty outstanding circumstances here in the greater Nashville area. Uh, I managed to get in with the uh, FXE Wrestling Academy in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And uh, after almost two years of waiting, we finally had our first show this past Sunday. I got to make my debut along with Brock O'Grady and Ray Bruce. We are the syndicate. Uh, we made our impact uh, known right off the bat. And uh, we've got more shows lined up. I've already got dates for January, February, and March uh, that I'll be working. And uh, I hope this is the start of something really special. And I hope if you if you were there, if you've seen my stuff I post online since then, uh, I hope you can follow me on this journey because it's going to be something special. That's awesome. All right. And those are your picks for what you're most thankful for this year. I mean, yeah, getting to do your wrestling debut is certainly a big one. <laughs> uh, I think it moves to me next. And I am going to go with my top three. And my first thing to start with is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Um, I think you'll see at the end that there's kind of a theme for most of my picks here. And it has to do with things that not only meant something to me, but like kind of helped me connect deeper with it, like with my family. Um, Mutant Mayhem was a movie that I took my son to do the screening with. And I, I did not expect big things from this movie at all. Of all the animated things that were happening this year, this was not on my radar as one that I cared about. I was all about Spider-Verse and Invincible and all these other things that were going on. Uh, but then I went out to the screening with my son and it, it was one of the better kind of movie experiences that I've gotten to have in my life. I got to see Into the Spider-Verse with my daughter and that was like a magical moment for her where she just sat down and clicked in and just was like, whoa, to the scope of what a movie is. And I had seen some movies with my son before, but this one was the one where he like instantly clicked in and I saw him become a Ninja Turtle fan all over. Like I was back in the nineties when I was hyped for that live action movie and all that and a cartoon. And yeah, they did such a good job. Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg and them with, you know, putting together this new version of Ninja Turtles that was fresh for people like me who were obsessed with it as a kid, but still very much the Ninja Turtles. And everybody did good. The decisions to make them teenagers and focus on that aspect of them opened up the characters in a way that I hadn't really seen before. The music, this and Transformers, we didn't even mention it, but this and Transformers had yes. soundtracks that were just slapped so hard and that were just so good. And uh, yeah, this had one of my favorite sequences of the year, which is, when they take on these different crime syndicates to the tune of no diggity. And it's like this kind of cut together footage of them and these various montages beating up different criminals. And it's just, it was so much fun. And who knew that I would come out of this year being like, you know, who needs more animated work? Ice cube. Ice cube <laughs> needs more animated work because he is excellent. But 
yeah, Egg, Ice Cube is a giant talking fly actually called Superfly was we're still quoting that in my house. And um, this created a whole wave. Like I said, I took my family back to see it right after it came out. My son and I bonded and it's been great. So Ninja Turtles, check that out on Paramount Plus if you haven't already. Going into my next pick, I this is the most grown-up one I'm going to pick. Uh, this is one that was all for me and for adults everywhere, but not just uh, for us, but for families in a different way. But it was Barbenheimer weekend, um, this event. This was one of the things that I'm most thank thankful for in 2023 because this was the thing that sparked movies being back again for me post-pandemic. We've all we've been doing these false starts. We said it. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to be that. Oh, it's going to be this. No, Barbenheimer weekend was the minute that convinced me movies are back and that this cinema is a thing that can still be relevant and is not gone. It's not disappeared. We just might have had a taste change, right? This wasn't it wasn't superheroes or or even the Transformers and the Ninja Turtles or these other big franchise universes that brought us back to theaters. It was kind of creator-driven, the classic movie stuff, right? Creator-driven, director-driven visions, subjects that touched, you know, kind of mainstream stuff, whether it was atomic history or the phenomenon that is Barbie, and cultural events, when things become so much bigger than the art themselves and become about all of us sharing in this together. That is such a hard thing to achieve in these days and times where everything is so divisive and crazy and everybody can have their little bubble of opinion and do all that. But for weeks at a time, thanks to Barbenheimer, when I went out to see these movies or went out to screenings afterwards, the theaters were packed every single night. It was an event. Barbie alone brought out just massive groups of you know people all celebrating this one film. Oppenheimer got the cinephiles back out and let them have a moment in the midst of all the genre craziness. And these were two movies that didn't need some of the stuff that we've become so oversaturated with, with like big CGI fights and, you know, this and none of them had to lead us to another movie or TV show or anything like that. We came, we got an experience and we left and the theater was alive again. And that meant everything to me um, as a person who's been a fan of movies enough to get into this business and do what I do. It, it was so good just to see people. And I just hung out in the lobbies every time I was at one and just see people enjoying being at the movies. So I never want to underestimate the power of what Barbenheimer was in two just completely different movies. So random. The fact that it became like a meme phenomenon, it was fun. It was great. And the fact that people went out and saw both of them was amazing. So it also spoke to the, to the range of what we can watch and enjoy. So great stuff. Can't, cannot underscore how, how meaningful that was. And my final pick is... Also, uh, Legend of Zelda, Tears oh. of the Kingdom. Um, do you guys know that I was, you know, I, I don't, I'm not scared to eat crow. I'm not scared to admit when I'm wrong. Uh, I came on here and I was barking all at the beginning of the year about how much I hated Breath of the Wild. I had never gotten into it. It was like, yeah. I was the most useless Zelda game. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Then, you know, we started covering Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Logan Moore and other people came on. Connor was just singing his praises so much and so i went back and i broke out breath of the wild and just to kind of give it another shot because the i think the 
the gameplay and our discussions about Tears of the Kingdom made me realize I wasn't thinking about this game right. I had no idea what this game was or what the new concept they had introduced was. And so when I saw Tears of the Kingdom and everything, the customizing the building, I was like, okay. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun looking. Let me go back. And my whole year, my wife is still talking about it right now. She's like, I can't believe you are still playing this game. Like, because I started Breath of the Wild back in April and my house has done nothing, like more so than football, more so than anything else. Our living room and our TV has been occupied by Zelda. For um, April, they, my only birthday present I asked for was Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. My wife was like, here you go. And then that was August 9th. And I have not stopped yet. And we are still going on. I got one last area to save. But like Connor said, I went right from Breath of the Wild into Tears of the Kingdom. No break. So I was like, I know everything. Like, I know where everything is. I started playing this game. Yeah, about two months ago, I realized I had missed some of the basic stuff. I wasn't, I had no idea there was an auto build. Like I, I was missing the most basic aspects of the game because I thought I was so knowledgeable and I jumped in and went all the places I thought I knew to go and then realized, no, this is a whole different new game. And like, yeah, and it is crazy how big this game is, how much you can do, how long you can spend in this world. And finally, why I love it so much is, again, it's something that kind of unlocked the magic in my son, my, even my daughter and my son now, this is like an appointment. I don't play without him. He says, Dad, like, are we going to play Zelda tonight? Like, are we doing this? And like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're getting in. Um, we have <laughs> missions. We get like, he's like, yo, are we taking on the electric dragon today? And we're like, yeah, we're strong enough. We're taking that boy down. We cheer. We scream. Like, my wife just looks in and shakes her head. And it's just like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, he loves Zelda. And I tell him all the time about doing this with him is just like when I was in 1986, and my parents for that Christmas brought home a Nintendo. And then two days later, my mom came home from John Wanamaker, if you want to date yourself, and said, I saw everybody's talking about this game. I think you guys should play it. And she put down a golden cartridge in front of us. And me and my brothers jumped in and just that was like one of the Christmases, even to this day, I remember the most in that whole Christmas season from just playing Zelda with my brothers. And so to be able to do this now for a whole new generation and have my son now obsessed He's already talking about what are we going to do for Zelda five and stuff. And I'm like, amazing. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Um, and it's just been truly magical. And the fact that I'm still enjoying this game series this much is it's nuts. And it's a testament to what Nintendo and Miyamoto and everybody has done with this world and these characters. And yeah, there's nothing that's ever going to replace this in my heart from just playing these two games this year and never been more happy to be wrong. So that's it for me, and that's why I am thankful this year. Uh, last and certainly not least, Janelle Wheeler. Yeah, I am so excited about this because I'm going to start this off with a TARDIS behind me. If you're not watching, <laughs> I have like a giant box TARDIS. Um, I don't know. Some of you know, some of you don't, but I am a certified Whovian um, so my definitely I feel like something that I'm most excited about um, because it hasn't released yet is the return of Doctor Who and more importantly, the return of David Tennant, Doctor Ten and his companion, Donna Noble. Um, Catherine Tate plays that part to this universe, to the Who universe. Um, this was one of my favorite like she's my favorite companion. He's my favorite doctor. Her story is so tragic. If you watch it so long ago, um, to see her reintroduced and what it could possibly mean for her fate is huge. 
Um, and they already look like they're doing such a good job together. I am absolutely thrilled. So this comes out on the 25th. So that's Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, the first, man. Yeah, the first episode. So I'm like, I'm going to be cooking on my stream at least talking about this. Um, but it's a three-part series. So I think the second one is December 2nd. And then the third one is December 9th. And not only that, like this is one of the first times that it has been really easy to get your hands on Doctor Who in the States. Most of the time you have to like have cable and find it on BBC or like get an app and try to figure out this is going to be readily available on Disney Plus. So that is extremely exciting for folks like me who just have Disney Plus. And then on top of the three part special with David Tennant. We're also getting the Christmas Day special um, or New oh, Year's Day man. special. I don't know which one they're doing yet, but uh, that's going to also be on Disney+. Plus. So I know it hasn't come out yet. I don't need it to come out to be insanely <laughs> grateful <laughs> because this man is one of my favorite actors of all time. And him in this role was like life-changing. This is my favorite show of all time. Um, and I know we don't like talk about it a bunch, but I love Doctor Who. <laughs> All right. Second up. So Matt's Power Rangers is me with Mario, basically. So I've carried this throughout my entire life. Um, I started a little later. I started when I was around 12 years old with a Super Nintendo. And the games that have recently been released with the Nintendo are Mario and they are either throwbacks. So we're getting Super Mario RPG, which is a throwback from my era of Nintendo and Mario, but a remake that is stellar. It's spectacular. And more importantly, the uh, Super Mario Wonder, which I am currently playing now. I just played it for the first time with my friend. So like you can play together and it is so hilarious. We were just like, just cracking up. Like I'm yanking him across the, the screen. Like he's we're just screaming at each other. We're both turning into elephants. I'm riding Yoshi. <laughs> it's so bananas and bonkers in the most wonderful way. If you need something wholesome and happy to take your mind off of the heaviness of the world, like these are the games. These are bright and colorful and happy, joyful, exciting, reminiscent of the past. Like it, I just can't, I can't recommend them enough. I just absolutely love them. And specifically, um, Super Mario Wonder because it's nominated for Game of the Year. Next up, I don't think you guys should be surprised. <laughs> Season two of Loki and particularly the finale. I literally dream that I'm friends with Loki. Like I had a dream last night that I was like at summer camp with Loki. I don't understand this. This series has bored itself into my soul. Um, I, I feel like as someone who has always been team Loki, I, I never did like the easy way. I never was like, I'm a Tony Stark fan. Um, like my husband loves Tony Stark, loves Captain America. I get it. Like, that's awesome. But I was always like, I'm curious about this Loki fella. Like, what's going on with Bucky? You know, <laughs> like, so the reward of being a longtime supporter and fan of Loki, you finally, like, you get that payoff. I will say that, I never thought I was going to say this, but Loki is kind of within the MCU come into my number one spot of favorite hero or anti-hero um, over Doctor Strange 
just for the simple fact that they finally did with him what I want them to do with Strange. Like, I want Strange to be likable. I want character development. I want to love this dude and see the sacrifices that he makes to for the good of all. And, and I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that from my Strange in the MCU. So I got that with Loki, and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm just, I love it. Um, and last but not least, I did four because <laughs> Kofi suggested maybe we could do four. I'll make it quick. I'm so excited about my Twitch community. Some of you know I'm a Twitch streamer full time. Um, it's kind of like my day job, but it's at night. Um, <laughs> and that's where I play like the, the Super Mario Wonder. And this is my friend and I, who is a mod in my channel. He's, he became my best friend and we met on my Twitch stream. Uh, and he's from the UK and he literally was a bridesman in my wedding. So I can't not be grateful for the platform Twitch and for all the opportunities I've get. I've gotten from it. Uh, we, yes, I also wanted to say I'm so grateful for CV Nation. I'm so grateful for our listeners. I'm so grateful for my co-hosts because I, I do feel like I've always been kind of like this odd woman out in a lot of situations where, you know, I, I feel like it's not as mainstream to be into comic books and video games and, and all that. And you guys let me fully express myself. And I'm so grateful for that. And you guys have my back. And whenever you have a plus one to a movie premiere, you're like, hey, Janelle, you want to come? <laughs> so I just I really appreciate that. I appreciate our listeners for letting us express our opinions. And uh, also with the Twitch thing, we did hit $10,000. I, I officially we've raised $10,000 for charity this year. So Amazing. I'm really grateful for that too. So yeah, that's my list. Awesome. That's Thanks. awesome. Yay. Oh, he's made it. Oh, dead air again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great positivity note to go out on. I'm sorry. I did applaud for, for the charity work thing. Uh, yeah, I was muted. My bad. Um, yeah, that is it for us. That is what we are most thankful for from 2023 this year. As you can hear, you know, we don't just do this as a job. This is kind of like a real culture to us. It's stuff that we love and you can hear it in these anecdotes that we told you today, you know, some of the more personal side of why we love them and how much of an impact they really do have on us. We love you guys too. That's always important to note. We love the Comic Book Nation community. We've been doing this for five years. That is half a decade now. And in that time, you know, this show has literally survived the callings <laughs> that happen simply because we have a proven, dedicated community of fans who always show up and show up with some of the best knowledge about geek culture. They help us out even in our live shows and kind of keep us on point and correct us when we're wrong and do all that stuff. So yeah, uh, there's so many names from like Brywood and Damon and everybody all in the game on YouTube, Chris Chipperson, the ages of fandom crew, all everybody like we love you guys and thank you guys for tuning in uh, every week and, and helping keep us sane. And we hope you guys have enjoyed this year in key culture as much as we have for all the reasons we did. Plus some, as we get out of here, you know, if you're loving this, make sure you subscribe to Comic Book Nation and join us because 2024 is only going to get crazier as we spread our wings and really do cover all things geek culture. So hop on the train now because I'm only going to get more tired as we do more awesome stuff for you guys. But uh, as you can see, this year has been pretty, pretty awesome. And it's always it's always good to go on the holidays remembering remembering the kind of upsides and the positivities and 
all the good stuff because we'll be back to be negative about all this stuff that gets released in our next episode. No oh, no. oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So pro last program note, uh, this special episode is our Thanksgiving episode. So our live stream this week, we're taking a week off. Everybody deserves a break. Everybody's working hard. So we're taking a live, uh, the Friday show off. This is our Friday show this week, but we help. It helps you get through your turkey day or your turkey hangover, whichever happens. <laughs> but be back next week and subscribe to Comic Book Nation because we got to hit the ground running. It's back to the work week. And uh, thank you guys, too, for uh, being here this year. Later. Is- oh, wait. We should probably say where you can find everybody and promote you. Oh, yeah. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. Yeah, yeah. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. <laughs> I'm at Connor Casey CBS. I'm at Matt Aguilar CB. And I'm at Janelle Wheeler. Now let's try that again. All right. You guys have a good Thanksgiving holiday. (laughs) And thank you guys for being here. Peace. Later. Peace.